Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to have you back as we have been going through a mini series of cultural influences on our children. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And today we're just going to briefly talk about a couple things to really consider and be prayerful about and some of the things that the culture may push on our children. And so we want to talk about our dress, uh, the trends out there, friends and sleepovers, kind of mixing all that into one. So let's get into it. Um, let's tackle dress. So dressing in a modest way, that's a, a big thing that I know we've gone through a couple series, Michael, in our marriage ministry where we've had conversations around dress for both boys and girls. And we just happened to talk through that and making sure that we are considering both sexes here. And one thing I want to keep in mind, it really goes to the heart. The heart is the essential part here. You know, what is the root of the heart when we decide to put clothing on us. And one of the things that is important for us to also think about is, you know, how are we modeling these things for our children? How am I reflecting that to my child? And am I considerate about my body? Because God designed the women's body absolutely beautiful from head to toe. And obviously men are attracted to that because God made it that way. So this is not to belittle that a woman's body is precious and beautiful, but it's also to be held and kept for the woman's husband. It's not for the world to see. The world loves to show the body off. The world loves to wear less clothing, but really it's it's the heart, uh, the root of the matter. So one of the biggest things for us, since we have a little girl, is I love to teach modesty and mostly identity, identity in Christ and modesty. How do we wear our clothing? You know, do we, are we wearing it for a specific purpose? And we want to reflect God's glory because what the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, I know for us, we do wear modest clothes. We're not like trying to be from head to toe, but we are very modest in what we choose and what kind of clothing we wear and the types of dresses we wear. Um, we don't want to be wearing very small mini skirts and um, showing pretty much all of our legs and everything that we have to allow others to see because really it's showing from a young age, how, how are we responsible for our bodies? And what does God say about that? Like, how do we take it serious to really say, you know, this is my body and I want to be respectful to the Lord. I want to be respectful to my husband or my future husband or my boyfriend that we're looking into engagement. I mean, how can I be respectful? And we do get a lot of criticisms, not the woman, you know, the, what about men? And, and that's important for us to look at too. But right now I want to just focus a little bit about the girls, because like I said, the women's body is beautiful and 
the more we show, it allows others to see, but why are we doing that? So we want to teach our little girls modesty um, from even our bathing suits. I mean, we do not do bikinis and, you know, we've gotten a lot of flack for that too, because, oh, they're just a little girl. They can wear a little bikini. No, because that sets a precedence of it's okay for me to show everything off during the summertime. And that's not what we want. And it goes about having that conversation with your child, right? You want to talk about it. You don't want to just say, oh no, that's bad. You know, because we're going to see women who are wearing bikinis. I mean, we live in the world. So when we go to a pool, when we go to the beach, we're going to see women wear either a bikini or hardly any clothes. And it's just great teaching opportunity to talk about it. If our daughter asks us, you know, why are they wearing that bathing suit? You know, a lot of times, you know, I have to really say, okay, this is what God has for us. And we want to be modest and they made a choice and we don't know why they made those choices and why they want to show more of their bodies. But we don't want to do that because we want, we want to honor ourselves and we want to honor the body that the Lord has given us. And a, and a couple of important points that I was thinking about is that, you know, again, we're all going to kind of draw these lines a bit differently, but what we need to keep in mind is that we should not draw the line where the world draws it. There's nothing about what the world is doing that is biblical. And so if we are drawing the line in the same way the world is and wearing the same kind of clothes with the the same less degree of modesty that the world is, we are probably not drawing the line in a very good place. We need to draw it very distinctly. We need to be distinctly different from the world and be trying to glorify God more than we are trying to glorify ourselves in our own bodies. You just see so many posts, even from friends, even some biblical friends that you're kind of shocked that are right in front of the mirror, uh, half clothed, the weather showing off how much they've lost weight even, or just uh, all the exercise that they're doing and how good they look. But what are we glorifying when we do that? Are we glorifying ourselves? And there's guys that do that too. I saw one friend's post that kind of joked at that where guys are kind of like showing off their muscles in the mirror. And it's it's mostly guys that are admiring that than the girls, it's the guys that are looking at and going, man, I, I need to work out more, you know, versus, you know, girls that are necessarily admiring it as much. But, you know, guys can be immodest as well. And there's girls that will look at that and get turned on by things. And it's, again, what are we glorifying? You know, we need to not draw the line as a world draws it. And wherever we draw the line, we need to make sure we're not drawing the line as far close to the cliff as we can get it. You know, if we're going to yeah. put up a fence to guard against going off a cliff. We don't want to draw that fence right at the cliff because we won't be able to slow down in time before we go off the edge. We want to draw that line away and put up that fence away from the cliff. Give ourselves a little bit of a buffer zone. So if that you know, skirt is too short at the thigh, if that's where we're drawing the, the line in our minds, maybe we put that fence at the knee so we're not right there at the very line. Because guarantee you, our children are trying to push that line as much as they can. And so when they see the line drawn at one place, 
they're going to be pushing it as much as they can to draw it completely different, more closer to the world. And where are we as parents leading our children? Are we already leading them halfway to kind of a worldly worldview, a world way of thinking by allowing them to do so many things that are very worldly and infusing so much worldly thinking already in their mind that we've already led them halfway to a place where they just try to take it even further? Yes. And one thing is, you know, we're not here to tell anybody what to do, but we're also here to tell folks to really seek the Lord and be prayerful because the Lord will show you if that is what you are um, struggling with. And so that is super important for us to always take it back to the word, ask the Lord, show me how I should raise my child. I mean, he says Deuteronomy 6, right? Teach your children about me, the Lord God in everything that you do. And so, you know, what are we doing and how are we modeling that? So I want to talk about trends and friends. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to our podcast on godly influences, I would definitely recommend for you to take a listen because we really talk about, you know, what do godly influences do in our lives? And it's really important as our children are growing up, even from small ages, you know, what trends will they follow? Are they going to follow the things that their friends are doing, their secular friends? You know, are they standing up? Are they leaders? Are they followers? And for friends, are they making wise choices in their friendships? Yes, we can be friends of the world, but will they influence us? I have friends that are um, not of the Lord, but I don't have much in common with them. In all honesty, you know, I care about them, but the conversations are different. And of course, I'm an adult, so there's more discernment there. But, you know, I want to be around godly sisters in Christ, the sisters that we can talk about the word of God, we can encourage one another, we can lift each other up, we can pray for one another. And so those are the type of people that we want to allow our children to see so that they can make those choices. And we ask those questions. What do we do about these type of friends that are in the Lord? You know, we're not trying to be picky. We want to love them, but we want to lead them to the Lord. I know our daughter is friends with a little girl and we've just recently met them and they do not know the Lord, but they tend to get along because they're in a specific swim class together. And one of the things I tell my daughter consistently every week is like, we need to pray for her and we've been praying and we also need to be um, speaking truth and tell them about God, tell this little girl about who God is in your life and don't shy away from it. And it gives me an opportunity to be able to make a relationship with the parents. This is where, you know, we have to set a boundary. Like if they don't know the Lord, then we want to do our best to shine Christ, reflect who Christ is, but we also want to be wise and the trends that they may bring into our lives and the influences that they may bring into our lives. We want to ask ourselves, is that something that will glorify the Lord? Those cultural influences will be in the ungodly. And it's, I mean, that's just the way it is. They're going to be led 
by the culture. And we need to make sure that we are protecting our children to ask those questions. Well, what did they say? Being involved, people would call me helicopter parent. It really doesn't matter because you know what? I want to have a relationship with my daughter. I want to know what she's learning. I want to know the conversations that she's having with friends so that we can talk about them, pray about them and see, hey, is that wise? What can we do? What can we do differently? How can we treat them differently? Or how can we love on them? Or how can we use God's word to help them? These are questions that we need to really ask. And when we are in a deep relationship with our children, when we're modeling Jesus, when we're speaking about God all the time and just living it out, our children will come to us for wisdom. And that's what we want. We want that. Yeah. I mean, First Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good character. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And I think there's a reason why God started off that sentence, do not be deceived, because evidently we as parents tend to be deceived until it's too late sometimes on how influential friends can be. And you know, we, after the fact, oftentimes see this very intuitively that friends can have a lot of influence, sometimes the biggest influence on our children, on what they become and the influences they have and can steer our children in the total opposite direction than the way we've been raising them. So, you know, we have to be on it. That has to be one of the major things that we keep an eye out on and try to influence our children towards is how to pick good friends, how to pick good spouses. And when I say good, that means biblical. Those with a biblical mindset need to be their primary friends, those that are seeking hard after the Lord that will influence our children to also seek hard after the Lord. That needs to be their inner circle of friends, and that needs to be who they're looking for in a spouse, because that will be both a indicator of where their heart is by who, what is important and qualities that are important to them for picking friends and spouses. But at the same time, it will also influence them in the direction that they go. And so that is a very important aspect that we need to disciple our children very early on is how to be discerning and selective of who's going to be their inner circle friends. That'll be the primary influences of who they are. Yes. And I totally agree. And that makes a great segue into sleepovers. You know, that's another question. As our children get older, they start to ask, oh, I want to be with my best friend. Can I sleep over there? Um, Or can they sleep here? You know, what is the boundary that you're setting in your home? Is that allowed? And how, if it is allowed, then what are you doing to guard the hearts of the children that are sleeping over? I know one of my really close sisters in Christ had mentioned that sleepovers is something that they will not do and do not do uh, as a part of their family because nothing good comes out of it. So we also had taken a look at just our past history of like, okay, when I slept over, you know, so-and-so's house when I was a child, we stayed up all night, we did all kinds of things. People tried to get out of the house and all kinds of things. Nothing good comes out of that. So we have set the boundary that we will not do sleepovers in our home because one, I can't stay up the entire night to see what's going on. I don't want to be over everybody's 
head looking over to see what are you doing? And now with technology, people can have cell phones and it's just something that we don't want to do and open the door for that. So if we have a little girl that wants to sleep over or my daughter wants to sleep over, it, we would never entertain that. We would just say, okay, well, we'll see you tomorrow. And we would explain that to our daughter that this is your home and this is where we live and they live in their home. And when we do worship together for church, we don't sit scattered. We sit together as a family. And so as a family, we stay in our home. We are together as a family. This is the family unit, um, the home that the Lord has provided. And this is where we remain and it protects and guards our hearts from straying away into things that are not fruitful. Yeah. I, I just think back to the sleepovers that, that I attended and even ran as a youth group leader. And it's, the main goal of kids during sleepovers seems to be what kind of trouble can I get into? You know, how can I sneak out is one of the biggest things. I, every sleepover I went to, I snuck out. We went out and we wandered around the neighborhood. Church lock-ins. How can we get past the pastor? He had to camp out next to the door to try to prevent us from getting out and have other workers camp out next to the door. But we still found ways to get out. And we, our church was near the river. We went out and started playing around the river in the middle of the night. And I found out later at a bunch of lock-ins that I ran as a youth group leader how many kids snuck out uh, at night and um, even had boyfriends come over in the parking lot that they talked to outside. I had I found one that was outside and talking to a boyfriend that had driven there to talk to her. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I had to go outside and break that up. And I only had a couple lock-ins as a youth group leader and promised myself after those two, I would, after the first one, I promised myself I would never have another one. I don't know what happened that allowed me to get talked into having a second one. And I just, after that one, I was like, yeah, no more. I just, I don't think they're very good influences and there's just too much of a influence to try to see what kind of wrong things we can try to get into. There's a lot of time of boredom. We're trying to occupy that time with some wild and crazy things that may not be beneficial or, or healthy. And and so just not a real big fan of the sleepover ourselves, as you can tell. We just would rather try to avoid them all together, if at all possible. Don't really see the benefit in, in them at all. And, you know, it sounds like we are super strict parents, <laughs> but, you know, we're really trying our hardest to abide in what God has put in our hearts for our family, the standards. And we want our child to see that we are walking with the Lord and that we stand on biblical principles, talking about modesty and our dress and trends and friends and sleepovers. It may seem to some that it's just, these are no big deal, but it is a big deal. We're talking about the soul of our child. We're talking about the next generation. We're talking about a child that could be easily influenced by the culture. And we don't want that. We want our very best to raise up passionate Jesus followers who are fervent for the word of God and will remain standing even when the culture says that they are not as popular or to cancel them, that they don't care and that they decide, you know what, I'm going to stand for God. And 
be thankful that their parents led them in the direction of life, which is in Jesus Christ. And so we are just really adamant about doing these things and applying these things to our home. And so being able to share these things, we are so grateful for that. As always, we ask that you are prayerful and considerate and really looking at the word of God to see what Deuteronomy 6 stands for and how you can model that for your children and for the next generation. So with that said, we'll end this podcast and we hope that you join us as we continue to talk about the cultural influences on our children when it comes to holidays and how we should allow certain things into our homes. So we are grateful again and we hope that this was encouraging. Until next time. God bless. God bless.